Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Students interested in pursuing a career in veterinary medicine have a unique resource here, VetPAC, the Veterinary Professions Advising Center. VetPAC is a pre-veterinary advising program that provides NC State undergraduates with guidance, resources, and experiences to create competitive DVM applicants. Those experiences include hands-on opportunities with both domestic and wild animals. We're speaking today with Shweta Truedi, VetPAC Program Director, about the program, the students, and the most memorable experiences she's had while working with aspiring veterinarians. Welcome, Shweta. How are you today? Good morning, Tracy. I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me over. Well, I'm very excited that you're here today because I think VetPAC is a really cool resource and I think folks would like to know a lot more about it. So let's get started with why and when did you start the VetPAC program? I mean, did you know of similar programs at other universities? Was there an inspiration behind this? That's an excellent question. So about 12 years ago, when I was hired into the position of a teaching assistant professor in the Department of Animal Science at the College of Ag and Life Science, it was actually an expectation that as a part of teaching anatomy and physiology, which were the two core courses for animal science undergraduates, I was required to start a pre-veterinary advising center. So I cannot take credit for developing it as an, like an, evolutionary idea per se, but it was uh, the leaders and the administration that had already um, outlined a need for having an in-house pre-veterinary advising center. And then there's also an online presence, which is the website, and the website is super dynamic. So yeah, there are two uh, presence that VetPAC maintains, a physical one in Riddick Hall, as well as uh, an online one in the form of the website. So I know that um, vet school admission is extremely competitive because there aren't that many veterinary schools in the U.S. And so I also know that there are a lot of folks who are interested in veterinary medicine. Um, How many students do you work with you know, in a particular year? And what what are they looking for? How does VetPAC maybe give them an edge over some other applicants in terms of, um, I don't know, you know, desirability? Sure. Um, So there is no other pre-vet advising center that's separate from pre-health advising center at any other university. So VetPAC is unique in and of itself by being um, a separate entity and being housed within a college. I typically have about 700 to 750 students enrolled in VetPAC um, that are in different ages and stages. Um, They are freshmen through seniors. We have alumni that are taking a gap year or several gap years. And then we have the non-degree seeking students, which are classified as NDS. And success rate wise, um, you know, we have at least our app at our vet school, at the College of Veterinary Medicine at NC State, uh, we do have uh, the highest number of applicants from our program. And therefore, a a big chunk of the incoming class is our students. So we have uh, a range is what I give you each year. We have about 
35 to 40% of the incoming class are students that have accessed VetPAC resources of some sort, either internships or one-on-one -on -one advising or my study abroads, or they've gotten to conferences like North Carolina Veterinary Conference or the American Pre-Vet Medical Association Conference. So it's nice to see that, you know, that many students are getting in here and we typically place anywhere from 12 to 20 each year uh, in out-of-state schools. And when I say out-of-state, some of them are in United Kingdom, some of them are um, within the continental U.S. and uh, there are a few that have gone to Australia and New Zealand as well. Wow. And that brings me sort of into the next question, um, which is one of the most exciting things that I noticed was the availability of hands-on experiences. And you've taken people as far as South Africa to work with like animals and wildlife preserves, as well as, you know, shadowing your local veterinarian to see what it's like to deal with cats, and dogs, you know, talk about, tell me a little bit more about some of the um, study abroad and shadowing and hands-on opportunities that these students get, like what, what will they be doing or what could they do or experience? Absolutely. When I was developing the idea of what will be vet back and what would I want to offer my students, one of the biggest things was I want them to avail a lot of uh, hands-on opportunities, either directly through uh, the programs that we would have in partnerships with different organizations and institutions, or with local veterinarians and veterinarians beyond. So uh, some of the first few internships that I developed were actually with two very um, important and unique uh, organizations that are local. One was the Wake County Animal Center, which is the animal shelter for Wake County, where our veterinary students already go for their um, fourth year rotations and getting a community outreach experience. Um, that's where we started off. And uh, that shelter medicine experience is unique because it is not your uh, regular clinic where uh, or a hospital uh, where students can just you know work with uh, clients. And then the second one was with uh, one of our own alumni, um, Dr. Dan Dabrowski. He and I decided that we could mentor students together for a museum medicine internship, and he had just become the you know, chief veterinarian at the museum downtown in the Museum of Life Sciences. And we have placed at least 80 to 90% of shelter medicine and museum medicine interns into vet schools. So these are very highly successful ones. The other ones that you touched upon and the super exciting one for the students are certainly, um, you know, international uh, study abroad experiences. So, um, in early 2010, 2011, I developed a wildlife conservation course in India, where I'm originally from. And uh, I had great connections at the Wildlife Institute of India, where uh, the department head of wildlife health management uh, was very well known to me and a friend. And students ended up gaining hands-on experiences with tigers. So we <laughs> radio collared um tigers and they had been heavily poached and they had gone completely missing from one of the national parks 
um, in India. Students were able to play a male tiger sound uh, to call out a female. It was a mating sound. It was a male um, mating sound call that was a recording. And uh, the female came out and she had to be radio collared. So she was darted by the Indian veterinarian who's the only legally allowed veterinarian to dart the tiger in India. And once they had darted, uh, the students and I and the veterinarians uh, from Wildlife Institute of India could actually go and cut out the old uh, radio collar and then put on the new one, which would typically work for about two to three years easily and transmit the location of that specific tiger that had been relocated into the park where all had been poached. So students got to see that, you know, as as humans, as veterinarians, uh, what a tremendous role we can play in conserving wildlife in, in different parts of the world. So after five years, I developed the South Africa one. And now my students get to work with rhinos, we work with giraffes, we work with zebras, we work with unique antelopes and deers, we work with um, wild dogs, we work with cheetahs, and these are on different game reserves in the greater Kruger region. So uh, now rhinos are definitely being heavily poached. And the rhino horn, which is essentially a tuft of hair, if you will, is sold very heavily in the black market for wildlife trade because um, it's considered to be aphrodisiac, um, just like tiger bones are. We uh, work with the South African wildlife veterinarians with rhino management. So Dr. Christian Boshoff, his, he goes by Bosi. He essentially um, darts these rhinos and our students then can do TPR, which is temperature, pulse, respiration, and then what we also do is we, if they, as a part of management, if their horn has to be, uh, you know, kind of uh, removed a little bit, um, we go ahead and cut it down. And again, there is, uh, you know, there's a certain length that we go down. We kind of go halfway down um, so that we are not really getting into the blood supply of that horn. And students get to see that, but we also connect, uh, collect, uh, you know, hair. Uh, we collect the shavings of the rhino horn um, to, because they are specific to each rhino. And we have a DNA bank in which this uh, hair sample goes. But we have done a multiple different activities in South Africa. We have um, a translocation where uh, animals have to be moved from one reserve to the other reserve. Uh, giraffes can be very tricky. They have long legs and they they behave differently under anesthesia. And, uh, you know, one kick can kill. Bosi tells all the students where to exactly stand and um, keep very um, good, you know, eyes on the animal as it's coming down as well as, um, you know, good listening ears. When the veterinarian says it's safe, then the pre-veterinary track students come out and they assist with the uh, different uh, jobs that the veterinarian has for them. If it is to give vitamin injections or if it is to give antibiotics or dewormers, it's a great learning experience. Nothing is staged. It's all real, real animals and real situations. And then, um, you know, TB is a real disease in that part of the world, in Africa. 
So to test for TB in cave buffaloes, to test for TB even in cheetahs, because TB is now prevalent in 40% of the lions in Kruger, according to the latest reports. The other study abroad that I offer is uh, in the United Kingdom. It is at Harper Adams University, and it is in animal behavior and veterinary physiotherapy. British veterinarians are ahead of us when it comes to animal behavior in research, as well as in that specific science. And so um, because Harper has a strength in animal behavior and animal behavior research, our students get to partake in small animal, large animal, farm animal, and exotic animal behaviors. And for physiotherapy, we teach them all the different types of therapies that are out there. And the British faculty are very engaged. And students come back with this great appreciation for you know, the faculty and, and teaching and uh, the hands-on experiences with hydrotherapy, laser therapy, massage that goes on over there as a part of uh, physiotherapy. The other recent opportunities that I developed in VetPAC in the last five years, those are feline health internship. It is on kitten uh, mortality. And it's research-based, so probiotics and microbiome studies. And our pre-vet students get to partake in those hands-on opportunities. And then vet school comes into play where we have the canine college internship. So these were the internships that I was able to build um, as a part of those hands-on component that I critically wanted uh, within VetPack. Okay. Well, it sounds like, you know, from avoiding crazy giraffe legs to taking DNA samples from rhinos to learning about how sheep may behave to dealing with kittens and dogs. They have um, a wide range of opportunities available for them. And I always ask this of folks. And so I'm going to ask this of you as well. Like what is your most memorable um, experience doing any of these, you know, working with the animals or the students or, you know, um, when you were abroad or even here, like what are, what are your most memorable experiences? Absolutely. So I was, I was thinking of, you know, several things as you were asking these questions and I will try, I'll try to be eloquent about each one of those. So the fact that I could get students engaged in undergraduate research while we were in South Africa and in India was tremendous. I think that was one of the most memorable things that I have been able to do broadly. And specifically, I would say being able to change the radio collar on a Bengal tiger uh, was tremendous. I was never that close. And being able to lift its like lip up and look at that real big tooth, the canine, was amazing. It was uh, a certain breath that the, the tigress had. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I would say it was uh, an absolutely um, thrilling experience. The other experience that comes to my mind is when we are able to take students to the museum medicine internship. I have gone on and just like hung out with them. I saw this growth in the students where they were not just able to talk about a case intelligently in veterinary medical terms with each other but they were able to also educate the um, the community that was visiting. And these students 
had become those confident young individuals that were able to talk and educate the general public about the procedure that was being done on a cold-stunned turtle or a non-venomous snake, um, if it was just even a health exam and how to proceed with it. It's a two-way mic and they were able to communicate. That's where the real impact of those partnerships was kind of observed by me. And that just made every bit of what it took me to develop and grow that back to where it is right now, uh, very worthwhile and very fulfilling. It just, it just makes me think about how I roll out of the bed every day, very excited to come to state and, and just, you know, support the students the way we do um, so that when they arrive at vet school, they are these confident individuals who have these experiences under their belt that they can use as that platform to really explore further um, what it is within the field of veterinary medicine to either become an exotic animal veterinarian or a small animal practitioner or maybe go into research as a veterinarian could be clinical or could be basic. Okay. So finally, you know, um, how can interested students get involved in VetPack? Is there like an application process or do they just need to go to your website or what? Yes, absolutely. So um, all our students that come in as freshmen or transfer students, we host several year long events. We do first year orientation for them. We do a networking event uh, for them and we host seminar series. So once students become aware of what VetPAC is, which is it's not a club, it is an advising center, um, then they get to enroll in VetPAC, which it's a free resource available. So they can go and create their student profile. You need your Unity ID. And then all the resources are available. As they enroll with us, their email is automatically added to the listserv. And through this, I let them know of the events that are coming up. I let them know of the job opportunities. CVM faculty contact uh, me for, you know, research positions for undergrads that are available in their labs. Um, So it is used very judiciously to focus heavily on pre-veterinary activities to help them build the diversity, duration, and depth in the experiences that they typically need to be that unique applicant to be that competitive applicant and not just a mere eligible applicant. VetPack is definitely a unique and interesting resource and I too would be amazed to lift up a Bengal tiger's lip and look at that giant tooth, (laughs) probably the size of my finger. (laughs) Easily, easily. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Well, thank you so much for being here today, Shweta. You're very welcome, Tracy. We've been speaking today with Shweta Truedi, director of the VetPack program here at NC State. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Thank you so much for listening.